I guess I'm ready. And we're back again. It's been about an eternity since days. we last podcasted. Um, outside last of our underachievers. Hockey, that is. Yes, that is. Yes, we podcasted on Monday or under underachievers. And just apologies on that one. That one was just a whole That one was wreck. certainly one of our worst. <laughs> I know, but it's it, it makes me laugh just because of how much of a train wreck it was. Sometimes you just gotta laugh at yourself being a train wreck. Yeah, um, it's it, it was pretty bad. It was not gonna lie. It was certainly um, not one of our best. But hey, no. now that you know that it's it's hockey, it's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be hopefully a little bit of a better podcast. I hope. Yes, a little. It's a little more. The thing we do with our this podcast versus underachievers is we have a better kind of. Uh, lineup or better understanding of uh, how we're going to kind of go about the podcast. Whereas underachievers may have like a topic or two that we try to get to, but we usually start off like just kind of bullshitting here and there, just about our days and everything or how that last week has gone in our lives or however long we had been off or, and then we kind of transition into that and that kind of, you know, spirals. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, you had the easy fallback of hockey. So it's just an easier exactly. one to kind of, you know, be able to have an easier kind of um, more organized podcast. Uh, anyways, so much has kind of happened over the last couple weeks or whatever in terms of like minor signings, stuff like that. Uh, camps are slowly going to start opening up, uh, at least flyers wise, since that is the team we follow the most. Seeing how we're like right there by Philadelphia, um, even though someone's in Delaware, um, not naming names. Not naming names. Um, yeah. uh, a lot of their players are just coming back. Uh, today, their Twitter page did post a picture of uh, Sir Carter Hart. Yes, he was knighted. He was knighted by Sir Whitmer over there. Mm-hmm. I have the authority to do that. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and I even said this be- like before we got on to just just to kind of because I think today we're gonna kind of just shoot from the gun kind of or shoot from the head kind of thing, just kind of um, see where the podcast goes because a lot has happened, but not like anything that groundbreaking, like yeah, off season yeah. kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of young RFAs that still have yet to extend. A lot of bigger names that you probably do know if you listen to this or uh, more into hockey as like we are. Uh, Quint Hughes, Elias Pedersen, Kirill Kaprizov, Rasmus Dahlin, and Brady Kachuk, just name a few of the guys that have yet to extend uh, their RFAs, uh, or teams that have yet yeah. to extend them. Um, and, if you, and it sounds like, it, at least in terms of the Kaprizov and the Brady Kachuk one, that those seem to be the most probably the farthest from being able to kind of come to, with a uh, contract. Yeah. So let's Kachuk start with feels like they're, cause I've wanted to kind of start with the uh, Ottawa one. Cause yeah. I feel like uh, Brady has been a little more vocal. outspoken or vocal. Yeah. That's a good way to put it uh, with his kind of feelings of how the negotiations have gone, uh, have gone with this. And for him, uh, obviously he's the face of the team. And he sees that he's putting up good points and he's putting, putting up the same amount of points pretty much every year. This past year, less games, he's put up slightly less. He only put up like 38, 37 points, something like that. But in a um, 52-game schedule because yeah. the short season, that's pretty freaking good. After the last, the first two seasons he had in 71 games, he only had like one less point than he did in his rookie year. So it's he's still bad. putting up decent amount of numbers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he thinks they're low-balling them. But, and they even text about you texted you this um a little bit ago where it's like i'm sorry just look at the team you're playing for ottawa isn't the team that's gonna shell out a lot of money for not only that look at your gm i actually do like pierre dorian Mm. in terms of what he's been able to do look at all the goddamn draft picks (laughs) yeah seriously in terms um, of that, that's that. you got to give him credit for that. Um, in terms True. of contracts and stuff like that, it's not great. And I think a lot of it you can put point towards the owner as well for a lot of issues they have. Yes, yeah. that's a lot of the issues yes. for Ottawa. True. Um, basically, that's a big one. And then honestly, um, so there is somewhat of an update regarding Kirill Kaprizov, the Calder Trophy winner. 
Um, contract negotiations with the Wild are pretty slow as of right now, although he has apparently received a very good offer uh, from Bill Guerin, um, who mentioned that. And then uh, NHL.com staff writer Tom Gulitti, uh wrote an article regarding how things are pretty slow with Kaprizov. Um, however, uh, training camp is set to begin September 23rd. However, Bill Guerin is remaining optimistic that Kaprizov will uh, resign with them. So that's what we're Which is good to that. hear because, like, a couple of weeks ago, he had signed a contract in Russia or something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's going on it here? Was, um, it was definitely reported that he had signed a contract in the KHL. Now, it's possible that it might be a quote, quote, scare tactic. It probably was. To- or there was a scare tactic or a fallback in case he wasn't able to get a contract by the start of the season so he could still stay in game shape. I'll put it this way. There's no way for the Calder Trophy winner he wouldn't have a legitimate contract by the time the season comes. Now, I am surprised that's taking this long, but I think it's probably his agent more than anything, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's not his agent. Maybe it's Kaprizov. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But if I had to guess, it's probably his agent playing hardball for his client saying, hey, you clearly and approve and that's you a job yourself of kind of G- right. agent you, 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 kind yourself, of that. Yeah. you deserve a very good contract we however sure we get you the best contract and he did and a lot of his success also has come in the khl but he's only had obviously being a caller only a rookie so for minnesota's sake you're like yeah t- yeah technically rookie even though he was drafted the same year as Connor mcdavid so he's the same age as Connor McDavid, but he's rookie this year. Um, but for Minnesota's standpoint, they're like, well, yeah, you're probably do a good amount of money just because, you know, you were the Carter uh, trophy winner and you did help us go to the playoffs last season. And you'll be mm-hmm. able, and you'll be our future face essentially for the, our franchise. But right now, they probably feel, well, we should probably. That's how we get a little more money. No, like I said, twelve point two million in cap space. So they can obviously afford it, but I don't think they're going to give them too too much. It's just a matter of if they're going to do a bridge deal or go like six years or something like that. Uh, which I feel right. like a lot, not a lot, but more recently, I feel like there's been a lot more um, bridge deals after the rookie contracts. There has been an enormous amount of bridge deals for the younger players now. My only fear is if I'm depending on the team, if I'm the right team looking at these RFAs like Brady Chuck, like Elias Patterson, Rasmus Dahlin, honestly, it depends on how much cap space you have. You could see a very similar, I guess, very Kotkaniemi situation where the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheeted him. Yeah, it was only one year, but it's a 6.1 mil contract offer. Uh, Habs did not match it, therefore, they get a first and a third. Mm-hmm. But for the Habs sake on that one, they didn't seem too terribly high on Kakanimi anymore. I think they had the, you know, it helps them get more picks, which then they used. We can talk about this a little bit later too. To or they used one of those picks um, in a 2024 second to get Christian Dvorak from the Arizona Coyotes. But like I said, we'll cover that in a little bit. Um, but no, all on all, because there's a couple good RFA still out there, including Vladis Patterson, Brady Chuck, Ross Mustelli, the only also Kale Yamamoto. <laughs> Who's a pretty solid player out there as well? Yeah. I would recommend taking a look at. And these teams have the con- the cap space to sign these guys. Like I said a second ago, Minnesota has twelve mil. Uh, Vancouver has ten point six mil still. Uh, they still have, so it's not like they're not. Um, they don't have the money to be able to afford them. Right. Um, they, they, and I also, they if that can. were to happen, where a team was going to offer sheet up they would do exactly what uh, uh carolina did and essentially say thank you that actually helped us a lot yeah <laughs> that helped us a lot more thank you men thank you montreal we don't have to pay them as much as you you're, probably deserve you're, you're not wrong so yeah <laughs> so and i completely forgot um not only is Nolan patrick an rfa he still does not have the contract for the vegas golden knights yeah so just that's interesting. Edmonton's a little harder because they technically at the moment do not. They're actually over. So they have to kind of... Either... Yeah, they, they probably have to make a couple moves or anything before they can sign Yamamoto to 
there's this that one's a little more uh, reasonable, but it's also Edmonton, so obviously they have cap mm-hmm. issues. True. Um. Yeah, I think those are the yeah those are the only ones that I really want to look about. I would maybe if I was because I you know how much I love this team, Jeffrey. I would try to take Kiefer Bellows. Oh, I would. I would 100% try to do anything to get him. He's a very underrated player. Yeah, he's still young, but I think he's I know, and it's the Islanders, that. and they'd be very willing to not, you know, sign him because you know how they feel about young players. Um, however, talking about uh, the Islanders, they've been kind of busy since we last talk, podcast. They finally, you know, extended their people. Um, and they did officially get Zach Parise, I believe. Yep. So yeah, he... the Islanders, they they signed... Because the, the, the way the things... Sorry, the way that Lou Lamorello wanted the things to go, it sounded like, is he wanted to wait and see where everything was at before he announced everything. Because he didn't want people knowing, saying, oh, this is how much money we have left. Um, so let me go to... But I'm on the. Hey, I'm so on the there's a couple. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it on the cat friendly. So I don't think yeah, they officially announced. He. It was weird because he's clearly there because he spoke at the press conference the other day. I think. So I don't know what they didn't announce this official deal. Maybe they're just waiting for logistics. I don't know. Anyway, so Islanders got busy. So they signed. Let's start with this. Adam Pellick, um last month in August, eight mm-hmm. year, five point seven five. Mill cap hit 46,000 overall. Um, so that was huge. They signed uh, Edu Raddy at his entry level contract. He was their second, if not third round pick. I think it was second round pick this past year's draft. Um, Casey Zizekas is a huge one. Six years, two and a half mil, uh, $15 million total. That one's just. I, let me ask you this serious question. Why? I don't know. I don't know like, how this. That, my answer to everything Islanders is I don't know. I don't know. Casey's disease, and this isn't even me hating on the Islanders. Trust me, I'm, they piss me off. But in general, like as a genuine fan of the game, I get it. He could be like a bottom six, top nine kind of guy for your team, depending on what your team looks like. Especially now that you lost Jordan Everly. Nice little thank you very much uh, for from Seattle. Um, yeah, next to uh, Josh Bailey too, or was it Bavillier? Sorry, it's Bavillier. Uh, Bavillier. Yeah, yeah Bavillier was three years, four point one five mil, twelve. It was also up for the taking mile, for Seattle. Seattle had a lot of good players to choose from the Islanders. So, um, but honestly, is Zeke's worth that much to you? Like, if you're a general manager I mean, or a coach, in terms of his contract, the two and a half mil. Yeah, that's probably what he's worth. The length, I probably want to give him six years. <laughs> I wouldn't give him half of that. I, I uh, think I would give him three years, if anything, at absolute yeah. most. And more like 1.5 mil at most, probably two. But like, mm-hmm. it's. I would extend him and sign him how you would any other kind of depth player where you sign him for like three years here and two years there and maybe give him a little bit more money. But you know, he's going to be a solid kind of. And he um, is. And the the thing with the Islanders are that's annoying is that they're a team that isn't quite they're the opposite of an Edmonton or Toronto esque team because those teams are more so built for season because the players they have, the talent they have, the speed and everything, they're very good in season because you're able to not nec- not that the defense and everything isn't as tight during the season, but they're able to do more. They're able to, uh, McDavid's able to get more going. Uh, Dry Settle, obviously, all of uh, Toronto's mm-hmm. firepowers are able to get it. But once it comes to push, comes to shove, and tight, the check comes a little tighter, they don't do as well. And it's the opposite for the Islanders. The Islanders are always in this little time that they're going to have being not really re- relevant, but a playoff team. They're always, to me, going to be a wild card team because they're not really built for the playoffs because they don't score. They don't put up offense. And because of that, during the season, it actually hurts you more than it helps you. But when you get to the playoffs, they're stingy because their team built for the playoffs. 
Casey in that sense, while I don't think he's the best player or anything, but in terms of once a push comes to sub, when he gets down to playoff time, he is a guy that you can rely on in crucial minutes and everything to shut down guys and everything. And the way Bray Trotz's system has worked so far in uh, New York after, you know, he, he got there and they were the worst defensive team. And now they're really good defensively with the same pretty much team. Um, also, a lot of it, too, is uh, Pelik and Pollock have been great uh, defensemen for them, too. Those two been really are underrated. the key for the Anders defense. Not many people, I don't think, realize that. Just watching Metro over the years, they've been super underrated, as you said there, Mike. And I really do that's think what, that the, that's the why I'd say Alan, Adam Pelik, um, he's worth it, but I'd honestly say he's worth more, too. I didn't mind the eight years. That I didn't have an issue with for Pelik, 5.75 mil. I think that's, that's kind actually, of a lot, but at the same I actually time, it was kind of well, right well, around what I would give them. I'll, I'll put it this way: that's kind of a lot looking at it for glance. But when you really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a good look, and you're thinking of what kind of production value I'm getting out of Adam yeah. Pellick, that's under yeah. what mm-hmm. he should be actually making. Like I think probably six six point two kind of range. That's mm-hmm. where he should be actually making. So obviously, it's not a whole lot, but take what you can get especially in this very stricken cap um cap stricken time right now and um yeah so take what you can get but i don't so know what a, uh Louf, what lewis thinks but he really likes that like five number there's a bunch of yeah. guys on here with five male five and like five not only that, five like it's speaking of which there's another guy who they resigned kyle palmary mm-hmm. four years ago Five mil, twenty mil total. That's a five mil cap. It. It's um, I get it. Again, they got him at the deadline. I don't think they're that good of a team. Somehow they're in the playoffs every year. I don't get it. Not only that, this is back years. They went to the conference finals, which yeah shocks me. Is obviously because they're a team that's built for the playoffs. Like I was just saying that. And the way that his system works is that depending on the team they play, like if you're playing Toronto or if you're playing us, unfortunately, they did beat us. We did take them to seven games, right? Or was it six? Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. We lost, but we took them to Theoretically, seven. it was six because game seven was an absolute shit show. <laughs> that is true. Um, but they have that uh, uncanny ability to shut down star players. Which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I hate them. They're just frustrated to deal with. They are. But just in terms of the season going forward, just in general, this is, and like I said right before we got on the podcast to you, was this is probably the most excited I've kind of been for a hockey season in a while. Like yeah. last season, I wasn't that excited for it. I was more interested to see how kind of strategy was going to go about last season because I was interested in how the not necessarily the eight teams or whatever because after a while that got a little repetitive and boring or whatever Um, but the fact that it was like a baseball schedule essentially so that made a lot more interesting to see okay that's cool how are teams going to go about a little series are you going to go like especially goaltending wise are you going to go the same goalie if you're having a three game series are you going to play the same goalie three times are you going to go 2v1? Or is if, if it's a two-game series, are you going to do both goalies one time? Or are you just going to see how the goalie plays one game, then make a decision for the next? Or like they, they, those were the things I was kind of interested in for last season. But in terms of the play, it wasn't that interested in like a month into the season. Like, All right, I want to play Arizona now. I'm, I'm bored of I like I right. like the rivals. Like I like those games. Can we you get bored just playing the same seven, eight teams over and over again? Or however many teams the yeah. seven or eight times. However, I will say though, it also helped increase rivalries. It does. And so that, that was the only thing. And, and plus it gives you kind of almost in a way new rivalries. Like obviously there it does. In, yeah, in, yeah. In the seven or eight times, obviously you don't like just magically magically create a new rivalry. Especially but, when you got money ca- uh taken to part the south the series essentially yes. is that the heat of the moment tends to boil over next game because exactly of, um, but and, and that's what I loved about it is because, like, like you said, the heat of the moment, everything mm-hmm. can boil over and save your energy over the next game before you know it. 
all hell breaks loose and it's a yeah. crazy game and say, Oh, what do you know? We get we get play these guys mm-hmm. three more times. In twenty nineteen, I was kinda interested just flyers wise, just because I wanted to see how A V was going to come into that season and everything. I was very excited for that season. This season, it's not just because of the flyer the changes the flyers have made, which has been a lot this been as much as it's been since they traded away pretty much Carter and Richards in terms of the changes yeah. they've made this season. Um, it's just in general, just everything because so many of the te- so much of the teams aren't necessarily the teams they were when you played in prior to the bubble season or even into that season. Because yeah. the Flyers are going to open up their season at home against Vancouver, and I don't think we played Vancouver since what early in the season in 2019. Quite a while. Probably, which realistically isn't that long ago, but it feels like an eternity ago. And they're not the same team. And I don't think even they even play Thatcher Demko. I think we played what's his face who's in a uh, Calgary now. Markstrom. Markstrom, yeah. And in that season, since we've played them, Thatcher Demko has become a very good goaltender for them. They had Holpe, and then he was now in Dallas. Like there's so many different teams that aren't going to look the same to you when you're facing them. Obviously, for guys like us who and hockey nerds, as I like to say, uh, for us and other guys like us that follow hockey and everything um, are more into it and kind of figure no or no more players and everything going into it to a casual uh, Flyers fan or your team's fan or whatever. When you go into the next season, like, this guy's on this team now. That's yeah. weird. But there's going to be guys who are going to say, hold on, Shane Gossespierre's on Arizona now. What is this? Like, there's things like that. Like, to me, one thing that's going to be weird is that Freddie Anderson's now in Carolina instead of being in Toronto. That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. Uh, And they pretty much swapped goalies because now um, uh, Mrazic's in Toronto. Yeah. Flurries in Chicago. Like, so much has changed, not just this past offseason. Yeah, a lot of things have changed in the last, not just this this past offseason, but the offseason beforehand that teams that you hadn't played say your team in the east facing west even some of the teams in your own division or conference like depending on uh, geographical and all that Mm. um but yeah there's for some reason this season i'm just really interested and see how it goes about just going back into regular nhl season just how that goes um also this is huge too just for every other team in the east um Crosby's going to be out for the first little bit of the season for six weeks. Um, yeah. I think Which I mean, announced it's... last week. So he will be up for five more weeks. So realistically, he could just miss um, second, third, fourth, fifth. He could just miss the, about the first week of hockey. He's going to miss all preseason, most likely, and probably the first game or two, if I had to guess, depending on when the schedule is. I don't know the Penguins' schedule, um, mm-hmm. but for them, um, yeah, it's. Uh, but then again, I feel like no Crosby. He's going to heal. All right, it looks but, like there. But I mean, if you're going to have the injury, you might as well have it. Not that you want to have the injury, but if you're, it's going to happen. You might, might as, as well have, have it happen early. Yeah. Okay. October. No, I lied. Sorry. Um, okay, he, he could even be back in time, October twelfth, and then the fourteenth of their first two games. So, if anything, yeah, because right now it's what September fifteenth, mm-hmm. and this was announced like sometime last week. So that's already one week. So, or right now it's one week, two, three, four, five. Okay, you know what? I lied. I think he's going to miss the first um, scheduled week of games or so in the the week yeah. of going into the twelfth and fourteenth of October. And then possibly even more the following week. So we'll see. Yeah. Which I mean, in grand teams of 82 games, it's not that much in terms of if you're thinking of it like an NFL schedule that's like two weeks or a week. Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal for the Penguins, but it is a big deal in that you're losing your captain and trying to go about it. And also the yeah. fact that they're very kind of weak in centers at the moment. Not just weak, right. I mean, like depth wise, their centers aren't. Um, the best and that's one thing that has been that's been key this past couple seasons is making sure you have the depth and depth center has been uh the key to it um yeah. uh, one thing too that i was thinking about about today uh, just transition a bit um because i was thinking 
earlier because I'm still not ready for when we officially do the Flyers um, season preview where I kind of see them being. I do think they're a playoff team. I just don't know where in terms of where they're going to finish. I could see that. Honestly, I don't think they're going to be a wildcard team. I just think they're going to be second or maybe third, somewhere around there. I don't see them winning the division. I just see them in the playoffs, and I just don't see it being wildcard. Which made me think of who I thought could take the division. And one of the teams that came to mind, obviously, would be Carolina. Because Carolina is still a very good team. They just got Ethan Bear this offseason as well. Uh, they did lose to Duxter and Dougie Hamilton. He is now in New Jersey. But they're still a very good team. The And they also uh, brought in Dirk uh, Stepan, who will, to me, I think it's going to be very much like a Justin Williams kind of thing, where his voice and that leadership that he'll yeah. bring is going to be key. To I that think team. that... Uh, Derek Stefan signing by Carolina. I think that um, was, I think it's like one year, something like that. Yep, one year, one year. Mil. Yep, one year. 1. That 2. is 5. going to be extremely underrated move. Mm-hmm. Now I feel bad because last season, if I, if I'm not mistaken, he's had the whole year with the broken foot, uh, yeah. and he's one, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Even as a Ranger, I always appreciate the way you play the game. I, I, I see you shaking your head. Uh, but no, like it's it's seriously though. Like he he's a player who like no matter which team you rooted for, you kind of he kind of yeah. You know, they did a lot of good. This offseason respect to Carolina. Right. They improved their net minding. Freddie Anderson may not be the best. Anti Rots is a good backup to have. Fringe kind of goalie. Um, so in terms of what you had before, it's better. The only issue I have, and why I went down this path is. They, for some reason, signed Tony D'Angelo, which the last time he saw him play, which was bad enough for the Rangers to never play him again, uh, was that he's kind of an asshole. And that's been things lately. Yes, it is. Um, And that he's kind of a, from an outsider's perspective, that doesn't know like the whole kind of vibe or everything. He seemed very much like a, a locked room cancerous kind of player very much as i would think evander kane is for the sharks and that he is just someone who's going to bring more out down just because of how he is now i think he having said that i do think he has some tiny bit of value because he is a guy that on the defensive side that's going to bring some grit and edge to his game which in the last couple seasons or two or whatever a lot of key reasons why the lightning were able to bounce back after always being knocked out of the playoffs is adding a little bit of grit, not going all the way to like grinders. You don't need to go out and get uh, Zach Renato or even trade for Ryan Reeves and then extend them. I don't think you need to do that. You don't need grinders or anything, but just a guy who's going to give you a little more uh, bite to his game or whatever, be a little more physical, be a little more physical in terms of um, forechecking and stuff like that. And for that sense, I kind of get it, but there's a lot riding on him. And I think a, a guy, if a guy is so bad in the locker room in terms of potentially being a, a cancerous player in the locker room, it can have devastating consequences in terms of just bringing it outwards to more of just the locker room itself. Because I'm not going to lie with, and, and also, it's not just in, it's not just in uh, hockey too, because obviously I think a lot of the issues for the Eagles just just saying in uh, our General. kind of round of what we watch. I think there was a lot of locker room issues there. Obviously the Flyers, Chuck Fletcher, seemed that there was a lot of locker room issues there. Some people think it may have been Nolan Patrick who was just shipped off to Vegas, maybe, but. You don't know. I don't know. The, nobody really knows the full story there, but apparently it was bad enough for the Flyers to make a whole fucking change this whole offseason. Yeah. So, <laughs> so but with that I, being said, though, but just in think, that sense, yeah. having that, because again, that was only a couple months span after the Flyers locker room is as close as it could could have been after the whole Oscar Lindblom cancer diagnosis and all yeah. that shit they went through in that and the bubble season. So only a couple months later being so kind of not sex i don't want to say toxic but not as great where they felt the need to change it and bring obviously for the flyers sake they brought in more leaders more voices into the locker room so i think it was a lot more of that 
a lot of guys just kind of standing around kind of like, all right, I'm just going to kind of be a little angry because I'm still not doing well. We're losing. Losing just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. But locker, a cancerous guy like a Tony D'Angelo or Evander Kane, just they can bring that energy outward. As long as you've got guys like Derek Stepan or um, uh, uh, just uh, if you've got enough like locker room guys, captains, leaders, stuff like that. And Rod Bredemore is a solid coach too. So if I don't think he's going to take any shit from him, but that's still a possibility of that. Nothing that I don't think he's willing to at some point to uh, get a second chance and maybe all this time not playing. Maybe he's reevaluated things. Maybe he's gotten a little more help to kind of deal with all that shit. We don't know, but that's kind of the only thing you can hope for if you're a if you're the Hurricanes for him. Uh, but I think you have to go, for them. They have to go about it how the Buccaneers went about signing or bringing in uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown had a lot of shit off the field and all this shit. And I know for that sense, uh, uh, Bruce Arians didn't really want to bring him in, and it was Tom Brady that did a lot of the convincing to bring him in. And he even pretty much said, like, you have a very short leash here. If you fuck up, you're gone. Like, even the smallest little thing, if your leash is that short, if you want to stay in this league, you got to kind of play ball and make sure you, you know, have no other shit going on. Like, if they can do that with him, maybe. But again, I think there's a lot of risk. and. There's an extraordinary amount of risk in especially just some of the shit he was doing in the Rangers too. And you got you bring a great guy in Ethan Bear into that locker room. And who's a great I think he's gonna be a great presence in there. It's just that then he had the exact potential opposite in anti D'Angelo where I don't think it's gonna completely derail them, but again, the locker room it's not is gonna key. help. Chemistry is key to successful team. That's essentially really- what my ra- my rambling is pretty much that. It's and, and, and chemistry it really, is key. It really is key for, for the chemistry. And, and something that makes me laugh too, is just the other day, the hurricanes announced that whether they are, they are now 100%, if not, they will be by the time the season starts, they will be 100% regardless. They'll be 100% vaccinated, which makes me laugh in, in a good way, because trust me, I'm all for that. They are 100% vaccinated. Or will be at some yeah, point, a- but the part that makes me laugh is the fact that Tony D'Angelo is willingly this on the other side of going. That. Yeah. It's on that side of willingly. Hey, I would, I would don't mind getting the vaccination. Maybe that's his way of saying, I just want to play hockey. I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But he is one of the biggest clear examples of a locker room cancer. His feet, his teammate got in a fight with him last year, Alexander Gorgiev, and someone else, and. There's rumors that he took Keandre Miller's yeah, first yeah. ever NHL puck that he, uh, the puck of the first ever NHL goal he scored. I don't know if that's actually accurate or not. It's something that was reported mm-hmm. last year. Who knows? But there's clearly issues, and he had a lot of these two incidents alone in juniors that he got suspended for. I don't know. The, I, I'm very surprised that Steve Eisenman back in – I forget the year he was drafted, but Steve Eisenman drafted him. Um, so with the lightning way back when 2014, 2014, thank you. So I will say though, is I'm all up for second chances, trust me. But when a guy repeatedly on a national level embarrasses himself, his teammates and the community around him, you don't sign him. It's, it's such an embarrassment. And the fact, like you said, take on on that risk immediately bringing him in too. Yes. Whatever happens. Um, I will say that Rod Brindmore, I think he's there a are phenomenal guy and an even better head coach, but I will. I, it sounds like that he had any choice in the matter of bringing him in. Still, but well, no, my thing is, is that, you know, it sounds like he he's willing to work with D'Angelo on, on all of this. And if I'll put this way, if you don't listen to a guy like Rod Brindmore, there's no fixing, there's no. Mm-hmm. Coaching, there's nothing else. If you can't get a guy like Rod freaking Brandenburg to help get you out of that whatever phase you are in right now, mm-hmm. you're a lost cause. You might as well yeah. go to the cage. I'll pack up your bags. I'll help you pack. Mm-hmm. He, he's no business being in the NHL, but 
this is clearly something Don Waddell and Rod Brindamore like about D'Angelo, just not to offer him and give him a second chance. It's only now, a one-year deal, left, on, so, and that sense is good. So, so th- that's the good news. On ice, he's not as terrible of a player. As, he he's some decent upside to his game. Yeah. Now, depending on who he's with and also where you put him, how much ice time and whatnot. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I think all in all, though, D'Angelo, he's a very high risk. And yeah, he only played six games in 20 in, uh, this past season. Right. So I think he's extremely high risk and decent reward. Like the only reward on ice, in, by that in air quotes, is you get a good hockey player. You can put up points. Hopefully, you can learn a couple things. I think having Ethan Berry uh, in that locker room. The other downfall for uh, Team Morale is uh, he tends to take a good amount of penalties. 1819, uh, he put up 77 penalty minutes. Whoopsie. Solid. Regardless, though, with a guy like Ethan Barrett and all he's done for the game of hockey for the NHL community. Holy shit, that's impressive. And the bubble in three games, he had 16 penalty minutes. That's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. Oh my god, that made me laugh so much right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, to continue—that's the risk point. you're taking in him on the ice. You're not wrong. Saying you have a risk off ice, there's risk on ice too because I think temper tends to get the best of him as well. Just a little bit, but so I think that for D'Angelo, clearly Carolina sees something. In him. I don't know what, but luckily it's only a one-year deal. Regardless, though, this has got to be his absolute last shot last at an NHL team. And if if you can't have Rod freaking Brennan help fix your game or your attitude, mm-hmm. your loss cause, this is going to be your fourth team technically because you were drafted by Lightning. You never played for them. You were then played the season with. Arizona, I think. Yeah, play a little bit with Arizona. Then you were in New York, where they pretty much didn't want you anymore. And now you are in Carolina. So this is absolutely your last chance, at least to play in the NHL. It's got to be. Um, Hockey wise, you still have a chance. You could play in the KHL. Sure. Yeah. They love guys that are like Danny (laughs) D'Angelo. Yeah, fun times. Um, also, this is more fun thing. Just to turn things around here. It was announced, I think, last week. NHL players will be in the Winter Olympics, which I think shouldn't be that much of a surprise because when they made the season, they made a little break for the Olympics, which made you think, okay, they're probably going to the Olympics. They haven't announced it yet. It's probably going to happen because why would you even have that break unless you're going to the Olympics, Olympics uh, which I have been waiting for for the last since essentially since McDavid came in the league. Yeah, I know they had that World Cup kind of thing. World Cup of hockey, and that was yeah. cool to see. But it's nothing. It's not the, the same. Actual but Olympics. now this makes me so much interesting because so many more teams are going to be so. Uh, it's so kind of even for me in terms of the talent because a lot of these teams are good in white areas, not so great in others. Like obviously, you could say if you're not a big like NHL fan, if you're just hockey, you're like okay, Canada's probably going to win gold. You could be right because they're going to be great forwards and everything defensively. Goaltending, that's where they're going to be lacking. Because Russia, great, great wingers. Okay, centers. Extremely good. Great goaltending. Defense, Provorov is probably your best. Yeah. And not not shitting a Provorov because I love Provy, but. He's probably your don't, best. Don't player. don't forget about and then he got Finland, Finland Sweden. and Sweden. Sweden has a, has probably the best defense. Just Eric Carlson isn't the same as he used to be uh, as but he was a couple years ago. So Eric Carlson, you got Victor Hedman, you got a lot of guys there. Rossmus Dahlin, uh, I believe. Germany, you got Leon Dreisaitl now. So I mean, there's a lot to be lot excited for when you get into this. Obviously, USA too. You got your players. You got Eichel. You got Matthews. Who officially? And just in terms of the talent, you just just for the Flyers' sake, if you want to project a lineup, Couturier could make the team. Maybe hard as a goalie. 
outside of that, I don't know if they're going to have a guy on Canada. That just shows you how good yeah. Canada is. And I'll put it this way: I now, I, as great as now, it is, I, I know even though a lot of the Flyers their... players are um, European or American, not a lot of Canadians, which is great. Yeah, just because that's just how uh, Hexy went about getting a lot of the guys. Is that? And I'll, I'll put it this way: I think that. Obviously, on all, Vortex as great as as great as the um, the Olympics are, I know people are not going to be happy because, and and I, if I get someone it. gets hurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not only if someone gets hurt, but think about it. Like for example, Mike Richards and Chris Pronger and I believe Jeff Carter all went to the Olympics. If, if not, at least two of those guys went to the Olympics. Carter Definitely. and sorry, Richards and Pronger during the 2010 season, the year the Flyers went to the Cup. Well, everyone else gets rested. Those guys, yeah, they don't yeah. get any rest. So unfortunately, a, I think that's a double-edged sword because, especially in hockey, if you're off for a week, it's going to take you some time to get your skating legs going again. Yeah. So in that sense, it's great you're getting your rest, especially if you're an older guy. But like, Ovechkin's definitely going to go because these guys will also want to represent their country. Because Ovechkin absolutely wants to re- represent Russia, even though I don't think Russia is still going to be able to play under Russia. So it's going to be Russia Federation because, you know, you know, roids. Yes. So he's even said before that he would be willing to, but he is older now. So I'd be very interested to see if he actually opts out because obviously a lot of us, if it's going to be around the time I think where the All-Star game is. And a lot of the older guys like Ovechkin did last year or Crosby, they take that time off to get the rest for the last rush of the season. I could see some of the older guys doing that. Like I think Drew won't probably won't be on Team Canada, but I don't think that's the worst thing either for Drew. It's not because you want your players well rested, and also mm-hmm. that means you know um, not as much ice time. You know they, they get the entire week off, which is good. Also, like mm-hmm. you say, you can avoid any injuries. So all of that, if you're able to avoid it, that's that's pretty good. It is, but it's. I just like to see it back. I want to see. No, dude. trust me, I do too. I'm. I'm extremely excited that it's back. I'm super excited and just mm-hmm. and just pumped up in general. I, I'm ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So am I, because for some of these guys like Hank, who Fisher retired, I think that happened since we last podcasted mm-hmm. too. Um, he never won a cup. He won a couple Olympic medals to him, which is great. I mean, that's great for him that you can put, he has those medals for him for a reason. Yeah. He did great for Sweden in that time. But some of these guys may not win a cup, but there's so other rewards outside of just that for when you look back at your and, career and, and your accomplishments. David, you know, we saw him at the that's the one, yeah, that's one thing World he has Cup done of hockey yet. for team um, North America, but like he's, He's never played for Team Canada for the NHL. He's played for Outside Team Canada of, yeah, under for juniors. Yeah. And that's it. And we that's saw how one, much yeah, that's he one was thing, as a 18-year-old. Yeah. Or 17, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing. It's not nearly the same. But also, I'm so pumped to see how Conrad David plays. Because, again, Olympic ice. The ice is the ring's bigger. Do you know, the fact that Conrad David could put up uh, over 100 points in a 52-game schedule on regular ice what can we do in a tournament on a big size ice? That and is when their I'm power play is probably going to have him and um, Con- Crosby, Crosby and, and McKinnon. Yeah. yeah. So much fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's all I really got. Uh, oh, one last thing, actually. One, one last, last thing. Um, because I know you, I don't know if you finished your article, but you had an article coming out or you're working on it on Mr. Joel Farabee since he, since yes. we last podcast, it got an extension that doesn't take effect until next season. Um, but he goes up to $5 million after not even making a million dollars this year, uh, which is great for him. And unlike other guys, uh, Provorov, um, Konechny, even I know Knechny got that too. Never mind. I was wrong. Don't listen to me. Uh, oh wait, yeah, his was five, five and a half, I think. Um, but he didn't get a bridge deal. He got six mil. 
or six years, sorry. Yeah, he, he got six, six years. years. Five mil average <sighs> annual with a total, total of $30 million. Yep. Uh, Good Gio for the kid. said in a statement releasing the signing, we consider Joel to be a key piece of our core moving forward, and we're very happy to send him with the long-term extension. In a short amount of time, Joel has proven to be one of the brightest young talents in the AHL. His hockey IQ, skill set, and passion for the game have all contributed to his early success, and we feel that there's tremendous upside to his game yet. He plays a 200-foot game and has earned the trust and respect of his coaches, management, and all of his teammates. So, and, and my article is released and out now on sportstalkphilly.com. I would recommend checking it out because I bring up a couple questions on there that I want to, you know, that I talk about that are com- there's some pretty interesting questions. I don't want to give away too, too many. Um, but at the same time, it, it's legitimate questions regarding Farabee around the timing of his contract, the amount, and also... Um, one thing I will say is clearly the fact that, like you mentioned, a lot of the young guys that get extensions, not just with the Flyers, but just young guys in general, they've been getting bridge deals. The fact that his entry-level contract isn't even up yet, it expires at the end of this year. He got a six-year deal before he even expires. That tells you Whereas everything you need to know. Fletcher's first year, remember, he had to extend Provorov and Konechny, and Konechny went a couple game, a little bit into preseason or uh, training camp. Yeah. Perfrov yeah. was just done right beforehand. Granted, he yes. was just coming in then, but still. Um, also, this is because for me, for some reason, when I think about Farabee's deal with this, it makes obviously you kind of think of the Flyers' future because he's obviously mm-hmm. going to, he's now going to be the Flyers' potential face for the future. You know, anything could happen a couple of years, you know, maybe he's traded or not. Uh, for the Flyers' sake, and with Fletcher, you kind of hope that. Upside's great, and you keep them for that time. You don't trade them away. But I don't know why, because when I first saw the contract come out, and ever since then, I went back to 2010. And I went back to 2010 because two faces came out in that year. Outside of Richards and uh, Carter and Briere and all them, Claude Drew and JVR. Mm -hmm. They were the kids of the team. And they ended up now JVR was traded. Now he's come, he's come back, but they were the future of the fires. They were the future face of the fires. You were seeing them now, but you were seeing what the future was going to hold for the fires with this kid with Drew and uh, JVR. But now I think you're getting Drew's like second full season in the NHL, which is amazing. His second full, and I think is the more productive one, his more coming out party. Yeah. Yeah, because oh seven, yeah, oh seven, oh eight. He had played two games. Yeah, oh eight, oh nine. Oh wait, sorry. True. Yeah, oh eight, oh nine. Yes, and he put up twenty seven points that year, nine goals, eighteen assists, and then he put up twenty more goal, twenty more points. He put up forty seven points in that second in that, in that year, and then he put up you know, just in twenty three games, twenty one points in that playoff, in that playoff round for the Flyers. Um. So for with that, uh, with that being said. And now this makes me think of the is not I don't want people to hear this and make me think that Farabee is going to be next Claude Giroux. I do not want to put that high high of an expectation yeah. on him because I'm one of these guys that are going to I want to see how they go. I don't want to put too high high of expectation before I even not in this case he's played, but when I like in terms of like drafting or young guys coming up, I don't want to give them too high a bar to try to reach because that just really obviously being a little biased or whatever and hoping that they can hit it. It's being more, I'm more of a kind of realistic kind of person. And I don't want people to mistake this and thinking that he's going to be the next Claude Drew because Claude Drew, believe it or not people. And I'm going to make a bold prediction. Even I don't think it's that bold. I may have said it before. Not only will Claude Drew finish his career in Philadelphia, hopefully, um, he will not only be inducted to the Flyers Hall of Fame, he will be into the actual NHL Hall of Fame, and his number 28 jersey will be retired into the rafters. Because he is absolutely, not only is he the most underrated flyer, I think, one of the most underrated flyers of all time, he is one of the best flyers of all time, and he has the points to prove it. He's, his play 
facts of the talking, not only that, but now, two other three things that you said will happen. He will 100% get his jersey retired. And two, he will become a member of the Flyers Hall of Fame. Three, the third one was the Hockey Hall of Fame. That one's only up in the air because he's not won a cup yet. And that's uh-huh. what I hate so much. There has been so many great players who is, I think, have never gone won a cup. Fit, yeah. That has never won a cup who've been looked over mm-hmm. because they've never won a cup. And I hate that. I, I get it. It helps cement your career I mean, and legacy. But at the same time, though, you can have an incredible career. Never went. Look at this. Perfect example. Henrik Lundqvist. He's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't care that he's never won a cup. First ballot Hall of Famer. And his time. He was the best goalie. And there is some years where he was Lindros better than Marty Verdor. Right? Lindros, Lindros, Lindros right? Yeah, Lindros is is in the hockey off game, correct? And he never won, correct? No, unfortunately yes. not. Yes, unfortunately no. But still, he's a, there's obviously the expectation. There's those guys who haven't won, but you also have. To, this is the only thing I would say that could make it so that he goes in. One, he uh, he has good put up a good amount of points. But since what was it, 2010, he's put up just as much points as and there was a good time where he's putting up just as much points, if not more points at times, than Crosby and Kane, who you could probably argue are absolutely Crosby definitely are going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he put up the numbers, he's backed it up. I think he is, but I, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. Uh I, I'm not saying Farabee's gonna do all that, but I think he could be your next. Claude Giroux face of your franchise person, player. Yeah. And I think that's what he's potentially could be. And that I, I think that's what Fletcher sees in him too. That's why he gets the this long of a contract. Yes. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Obviously Couturier is in that too, but he is the face of now. He's the face of now. Faraby is the face now. of now and he's the face of the future. Yes. Hart, face now. Face future, hopefully. Um, I'm sure it will be with. And yes. I, I think Perveroff obviously the face now and future Konechny too, but he, Faraby is the one that got the deal to not just say that. So that's the interesting part of this deal. But um, yes. With that being said, I think that's all I got for today. I don't think you got anything else. And with that, after it's been a couple of weeks, uh, we'll see you uh, on Monday for our next Underachievers.